the craziest, zaniest maddest headlines of 2021. They shocked us all, made some of us even cry, and sent our patriotic temperature soaring. Well, most of those headlines anyway. I'm Martin Moyer, your host of Shout Out Patriots. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Bender and some very special guests. We're putting 21 of the wildest headlines of 2021 into a Santa hat as a mystery to which ones we'll pull out and tackle with our wit, snide remarks, and humorous musings. We're saying goodbye to 2021, but not before we get in the final word. Patriots always have the final word. Shout it out, Patriots. All right, well, hello, everyone. Hello, Patriots out there. And Happy New Year and a belated Merry Christmas by the time you see this. Uh, I'm joined by a lot of people today. Uh, I'm going to introduce them around the table. We have Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. Merry Christmas, Pastor. Say hello. Merry Christmas, Marty, and Merry Christmas, Patriots. All right, so I want to warn everybody that uh, we're supposed to have some Christmas outfits on today. And by the time you see them... <laughs> They, uh, well, some of them are rather weird or funny or not Christmassy at all. Problem was, is by the time I asked everybody to do it, all the stores were sold out of neat little uh, Christmas sweaters and shirts and T-shirts. So our next guest to introduce is Alec Rooney. He's the news editor of Christian Action Network. Say hello, Alec. Hello. Good evening. Shouting out to everybody. I identify as a reindeer, a reindeer tonight. <laughs> and you make a good one, Alec. And my pronoun is sparkle. Sparkle. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Michael is at our control panel. Uh, say hello, Michael. And Merry Christmas, Patriots. Uh, hold up your apron so people can see that, you know, you, it's Christmassy. There you go. All right, we got a snowman. Covers his face when he holds it up. Keep it up there. You baking us some cookies tonight, Michael? Absolutely. Actually, I'm baking a masterpiece here with all these buttons I'm hitting. Uh, yeah, don't fry the panel while you're doing it. <laughs> All right, our final guest is David Carroll. He's an attorney based in Columbus, Ohio. He is also the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of this program. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, David. Say hello. Merry Christmas, Patriots, and I'm probably engaging in some cultural appropriation here. Uh, yeah, see that. Well, I'm not sure we impressed a lot of people with our Christmas outfits, but we made a Good try. Let's put it that way. All right. Today, we're going to do something special. So we have 21 headlines from last year that I filtered through and found to be crazy, just insane, um, and you know, overall weird. And I wanted to go back through all of 2021 and find the biggest, craziest headlines. But by the time I made it back to July, I already had 21. And they were good enough, so I kind of stopped there. So what we're going to do is pull these crazy headlines out of a Santa hat. And then we're going to uh, see what everybody else has to say around the table about them. So now I'm going to read the headline, and then I'm going to give a short description as to the details of this story. And then we can, you know, talk about it. All right. I like this one. A city is being built for all woke people to go and live. All right, so a former Walmart executive, Mark Lore, is planning to build a city called Tolosa somewhere, that's in quotes, somewhere in the United States where settlers will be screened to ensure they have diversity and they support inclusion. Okay, so you can't live there. <laughs> 
It seems uh, hypocritical, doesn't it? You cannot live there unless you support diversity and inclusion, but you could only live there if you're woke. Sounds just absolutely crazy. He hopes to house 50,000 people by the time he's done and hopes it'll all be finished by 2030. So first thing I want to know is uh, who all around here is in favor of him building that city and taking all the woke people with them to go live? I think it's the best idea I've heard all year. I mean, (laughs) I hope that that place gets filled up with them. I mean, I could think of a lot of people around here that I'd like to move there. <laughs> you could give them all unlimited free. I drugs think we should build a wall. <laughs> I think around we should it. build a wall. Brilliant idea. <laughs> around the city. Oh, David, so once they're in there, lock them in so they can't come back out? Yep. Build a wall. All right. <laughs> my favorite thing about this story is that, and my favorite thing about leftists when they talk about this utopia that they want to build, is that to ensure inclusion, the first thing they do is say they're going to exclude people. it's going to be so inclusive yeah you know and we're going to and it's going to be the perfect city because this one guy this lore guy chooses all the people yeah yeah. so it makes you wonder how someone like him climbs the ranks of walmart if he can be that stupid right because it's stupid on his face to Uh, say only people that can live here are people who support inclusion but if you don't support inclusion then you can't live here and this is the guy that, uh, well, maybe that's why he's not at Walmart anymore. Maybe they finally discovered. I think being at Walmart made it, maybe was part of it. It's like these companies like Nike and M&M Mars and whatever they are, Procter & Gamble. You're part of something big and successful like a company like this or like America. And the first thing you've got to do is apologize and start beating yourself and coming up with a better solution to things just out of your own guilt. Yeah. What what I find what I find interesting about this, right. They are screening people to ensure diversity, but what about us? We're, we're five white straight, you know, we're probably Christian men, right? (laughs) What about the diversity? If I want to try to buy some real estate here in, in this woke land, (laughs) would they include me? Only one of you. Or is that, is that too much? Is that too much diversity for them? Yeah, I, I really don't know. Uh, I think the saddest part of the story, though, is that we got to wait eight years starting in January before it's completed. So, I know. What's taking them so long? You know, can they speed it up somehow? Yeah, especially with the supply chain. <laughs> with the supply <laughs> chain. <Cost of> building <laughs> materials. All right, let's pull another crazy headline out of my Santa bag. All right, this one looks like a, it's got some detail to it. All right, everybody's been waiting for this one. The Salvation Army asks white donors to apologize for being racist. So the details are the International Social Justice Commission of the Salvation Army has created a resource to re-educate white donors in a booklet called Let's Talk About Racism. Now, they say Christianity is institutionally racist to begin with. So this is Salvation Army that says Christianity itself is racist. And they want white Christians to repent for being white and to give a sincere apology to blacks for being antagonistic. So I I don't know what the strategy is here, right? It's right before Christmas when this came out in November or early December. And immediately while you're out there trying to get people to put money into your red kettle, you insult them 
and call them racist names. As they're reaching into their wallets, <laughs> you insult them. Yeah, so this would be like Ford, you know, calling their cars as, you know, uh, a perpetuous of global warming, right? And we want you to apologize to the world for buying our cars and, you know, uh, contributing to the danger of the environment. The moment you're walking into the dealership, they're saying this to you. Yeah, before you even buy it. Well, here's what stuck out to me, guys. It says that Christianity is institutionally racist, right? So what if you're a black Christian? What happens there? Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. We're just going towards a lot of the white Christians who need to apologize to those who are not white. It just, yeah, it that's makes kind of no a sense. racist st statement from Salvation Army, right? Because it implies that you can't be a Christian unless you're white because Christianity is yeah, racist there, There's a lot blacks. of implications there. There's a lot of Or that somehow whites own Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I read a story, I think yesterday or early this morning, um, and maybe you wrote it, uh, Alec, that uh, the Salvation Army and I guess the Hampton area of Virginia. That's right. They were hoping to raise $500,000 of money being put into the red kettle, and they have not even achieved half that. They've got about half. Yet. Yeah. And that's the really sad thing about this story, I think. And this, just like with other corporations and with governments, when they go woke like this, the leaders get in and they go woke. And it just hurts the organization. And the Salvation Army was a great organization. And now their donations are at half because these nut jobs came in as leaders and I started was, embracing this stuff. I was thinking at first, when I first read this story, that the people at the Salvation Army said to themselves, all right, we will stand a better chance marketing this because we have a lot of donors in these big liberal cities so we're gonna go out there and call white donors racist. They're gonna agree with us and they're gonna start filling up our kettles because we took this woke stand and who cares about the people of rural America who think this is just a horrible statement against Christianity and against white people. But it did backfire and it took them, what, maybe less than two weeks before they decided to withdraw that guideline and then make it a somewhat of a wimpy apology. They've withdrawn the guide and they made this sort of weak apology, like, I'm sorry, we're really sorry no one understood how, our wonderful intentions. Yeah, it was sort of an apology that insulted you yes. with the apology. Right. It's right. like, Very look, if you were smart, you would understand exactly what we're saying, but we didn't know you were so dumb and stupid right. when we put it out there, right. and you were going to interpret it this way. That's exactly so, right. So, you know, we apologize for thinking not, you were smart. For thinking, you're, yeah, exactly. For not, not for just for underestimating your stupidity. You go woke, you go broke. That's what they say, right? Yeah, oh, and goodness. they're going to learn. And that's too bad because the Salvation Army roots a lot of money to a lot of worthy places. But I uh, think it was one little little uh, department of the Salvation Army that did it. They have like so, some new diversity equity and inclusion equity and inclusion yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah the international social justice commission yes i think is what they're calling yeah. it right. yeah no really that's yeah that's a fancy name <laughs> what's that david well there's no question that uh, our country has uh, had a, a racist past but we're really moving past that and i think that you know this is just, just an example of of a uh, white guilt that is overreacting to what has happened in the past and it, it and pretending that it's part of our future, which it isn't. Or pretending that like 
we actually took part in it because I mean I wasn't alive at that point, <laughs> so they can uh, say that about me all they want to, but it's not true. And, and I wasn't alive either, by the way, despite my age. Ah, uh, thank you for I, But I want to ask you this, Pastor. <laughs> you know, uh, there were, during Hurricane Katrina, our organization attempted to go to the Sam's Club in town, gather up food, water. Uh, medical supplies, electrical equipment to take it down to help people uh, who were suffering after the Katrina hurricane came through. And we did that successfully the first trip. The second time we went back uh, to get more stuff from the Sam's Club that people were donating to us. They were just, we had a truck out there. People came out of the store with these goods. They just threw them in the truck. We just watched them do it. And it was a tremendous thing to watch. Yeah, right. It took no time to fill the truck up. It took no time to fill it up. The second time we attempted, the store manager came out and he said, yeah, well, I know I told you you could be out here, but you can't be out here anymore. And I go, really? well, why? He goes, because the Salvation Army says you can't be out here. And I go, wow. well, the Salvation Army isn't here. He goes, yeah, but we have an agreement with them that you know any relief efforts that our store partakes in will go to the Salvation Army and the Red Cross. They had those two things, and nobody else. So you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but the Salvation Army says you got to go, and that that kind of got me upset, <laughs> well, right? Get off our turf. Yeah, get off our turf. Yeah, you know, we want the credit. who cares about the people in Katrina? You know, yeah. it's the Salvation Army that gives it to them, not you. You know, and then I began to wonder about the Salvation Army, and I was thinking, you know, have I, in my 68 years, ever met a single individual in church or any place else that came to Christ through the Salvation Army? And I'm wondering, am I alone? Has anybody here ever met someone whose personal testimony of being saved was it came through the Salvation Army? Can anybody say they did? Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. And and I was looking at their website earlier, right? And besides the racial aspect of what they're doing with the International Social Justice Commission, they also have an LGBTQ support on their website. So they're trying to promote that. And I thought about that. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with trying to help the people in that community. As Christians, we should be helping all people. We, we don't discriminate. However, you know, my that was my question, Marty, was that when they're helping these people, because if you look at their mission statement, part of their mission statement is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. So is it just now we're putting this out there to make us look more woke, make us look more inclusive, or do we genuinely care about these people and trying to bring them into the family of God and tell them about Christ? So I, I've never heard of anybody you know, coming to the Lord because of Salvation Army. I, I got to say something. I remember I, I, that— I, day when uh we were there at sam's and i think i was like 17 or something like that it was quite a bit ago but um uh, i lost all faith in that kind of charity at that point when they kicked us off of sam's property because we were trying to gather resources for the people that were hurting because of Can katrina and and to me that they just wanted to make that money. They, they said that money has to go through our hands, not anybody else's hands. And we weren't even getting money, right? We didn't take money. We, we took, well, stuff. it wasn't money. They wanted all the credit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, look, I, I'm not surprised that the Red Cross did this because we ran into problems with the Red Cross before about accidentally getting on their turf, uh, and handing out free stuff when it, you know, there's <laughs> supposed to be the ones that are helping people, not you. 
Uh, but I was really shocked that the Salvation Army, uh, you know, demanded uh, that the Sam's manager kick us off that property. Was that uh, was that when we were taking the jackets to Lonstool? Uh No, no, that was a different. Oh, you mean the Red Cross? Yeah, the Red Cross one. Uh, no, uh, it was also a, a place where we went to Katrina to want to drop off the products and the goods that people gave. And we knew the Red Cross was there, so we wanted to just give it to them to give it to people, and they wouldn't take it, and they wouldn't let us give it out. Oh, yeah, so, I remember us going to the, the church down there. but Yeah, so we ended up at a church down there, and they yeah. said, well, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure, you know, people needed it. I would suggest it was it was very unchristian for any organization to prevent, un, present, I'm sorry, prevent another Christian organization from trying to help people. Amen. That is not what... Christianity is about. All right. Well, here's what school I don't think is supposed to be about. So here's our next headline drawn from our Santa hat. Kentucky school principal gets a lap dance or lap dances from students. All right. This took place at Hazard High School in Kentucky. It was during a homecoming celebration and a man pageant where male students gave lap dances in their underwear to churches, including the high school principal Donald Happy <laughs> Bobolini. Right. I think he's the mayor. You can't make this stuff up, right? He's the mayor. I know, of a school called Hazard. Too. I mean, his name is called Happy, and this takes place in, in a Hazard. town called Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. Wow. Happiest Hazard ever. Oh, man. I saw those yeah, images, I and I, uh, I was just horrified by it. I mean, I... I, if I was in school at that time and saw something like that, I don't know what I would do. I mean, because they, I mean, if you see the picture of the principal getting a lap dance, or I'm not, I'm not actually sure if it was the principal in the picture, but there was a, it looked like the principal or a coach and this young guy dancing on his lap. It was, uh, it, it was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that the guy looked happy. I'll tell you that much. So if it, wow. it, it could have definitely been principal. Happy. I would say, please, <laughs> please expel me. I don't want to come back to this school. This is what goes on here. Yeah. You would think that uh, there would be a lot of uh, parents that were outraged over this, wouldn't you? But there really weren't. And in the end, uh, they did an investigation. The, uh, uh, I think the school board did an investigation on this. And they ended up giving him a reprimand, a, a very mild slap on the wrist for having male students in underwear giving him a lap dance and a jump. Yeah, naughty boy. <laughs> so it's just really hard to comprehend that stuff like this can go on in the public school. And, you know, it's almost like, oh, well, yeah, that's bad. But, you know, what's new? All kinds of crazy stuff goes on in the schools now. So uh, we're not going to get too upset about this. Uh, at least, you know, maybe the student didn't come in and shoot anybody. So he just gave a principal a lap dance, made him happy, Mr. Happy, happier. <laughs> so, what would uh, have what? happened if they'd been girls giving the lap dances? Uh, well, I don't know. Would that not have not been okay and maybe not as funny? Well, you saw the big New York Times and I guess New York Daily News Post article over the last couple of days where uh, some police lieutenant got a lap dance from another female police officer in a bar. And of course, someone's there with a cell phone to film it because they always are, right? You think you know that by now. It's like if this happens, someone somewhere is filming this activity and it's going to possibly make national, if not international news. Right. Ask Kyle Rittenhouse about that. Now, there was all this outrage over that. Okay. But here, at least you have two consenting adults 
right? A lieutenant, you know, sitting in a chair with a an adult female police officer. It's hard to say this with a straight face, really. <laughs> giving him a lap dance. And all of a sudden, there's outrage. There's people upset over this. You know, they want everybody fired and kicked off the police force. But a school principal getting a lap dance from a student in the underwear, you know, oh, that's that's no big deal. We'll just give the school principal a slap on the wrist and tell them not to do it again. Well, how did they even know that it was uh, that it was like a real cop? I mean, aren't. There are a lot of strippers that dress as cops anyway. Oh, no. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think this was at a, a well-known... something like that, Michael. <laughs> this was at a well-known uh, bar that police go to. So, you know, police have their own bars in New York City. If you ever watch Fraser, you'll, you would know that, you know. You gotta, like a fun you got to watch a history class and, you know, watch Fraser once in a while. These you. are just people yeah. blowing off steam after work, though. It's not like it's a high school gym. It's right. Young kids who are there to get educated... But with the school, do we know if it was the kid's idea or Mr. Happy's idea? Do we know how this originated? Uh, well, I'm sure Mr. Happy had I think it had been going on for a while. Yeah, I, I don't think it was the first time. It's just the first time that uh, it got exposed. And one of the school administrators... There were videos that came out uh, dating back to 2017. That's right. That's what I was going to mention. And the first thing the school did was like say, well, these new videos, this is the first time we ever did this. Well, even though the videos are from 2017. Yeah, I right. only robbed the bank one time. <laughs> Never mind that video. And it was four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. yeah. You didn't catch me that, that time. Ah, <laughs> oh, that film's old. Right? All right. All right, our next Santa Hat headline. Uh, Alec, you're going to love this one. Moccasin maker begs for forgiveness oh, yeah. for making moccasins because, uh, well, they're not Indian, that's right? What, that's, that's what I should have done that I forgot to wear tonight was my my Minnetonka moccasins because I've just got some from this company and they're great. And then suddenly this guy comes out saying that it's cultural appropriation, that they're successful and they've taken the design of moccasins and made it into something that white people are making money off of. And he's really sorry. And they're going to give all this money to native American causes, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So if you follow that logic to its conclusion, can only Chinese people make gunpowder? Can only right. Chinese people make chopsticks? Can only Anglo-Saxons speak English? Can yeah. only black, uh, white people play basketball? What about people who make canoes and tents and like archery products? How about this? David, as a non-Hispanic, can he wear a Feliz Navidad shirt? Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see that shirt, David. Just Looking bar good. that guy. Looking good. <laughs> well, the, the only possible good thing that could come out of a headline like this is maybe it'll come to a point where only Americans can make nuclear warheads. Hey, there's a good one. Yeah, that's cultural appropriation. Right. They did. They did. The Chinese culturally appropriated, you know, nuclear weapons from America. The Manhattan Project was taken from us. Only Americans can use the American flag and designs. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no yeah. Chinese company should be making T-shirts with American flags on them. That's right. that's right. Wow. Yeah. What would that do to China, right? Because they make all kinds of uh, products for that are cultural products for people around the world. But try to look behind the, why did this guy do this? Why did he feel compelled? Why did he feel like he needed to apologize? Well, he said the apology was long overdue too, right? Yeah. That was his statement. Many, many sleepless nights, I'm sure he had. <laughs> In moccasins. In moccasins. There is a law, for, there's, there's a law professor out of the University of Colorado, I believe, who 
has been on a big kick about cultural appropriation using Indian designs uh, by manufacturers who aren't Indians. And he's been going around uh, trying to beat everyone over the head to try to put a stop to it. It creates some really interesting intellectual property issues under the, the uh, intellectual property laws, but I don't think they can stop it. So they're trying to, it's just a matter of intimidation. Fairly succeeded in this case. Yeah. The canoe is an Indian invention, I think. So Alec, you have a pair of those moccasins, don't I do, you? I do, yeah. but I'm going to withhold comment on them from now on. Oh, you are? There's no, no product <laughs> placement for these guys anymore. Do, wow. you feel, do you feel the need to apologize for wearing them? Oh, absolutely not. They have not shamed you into submission. No, I almost wrote the guy a letter. But then I was like, nah, we'll just nail him on the podcast instead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Letter to follow. <laughs> All right, our next headline from the Santa Hat. Harvard University appoints an atheist as a chaplain. Okay, so let's understand it. An atheist as the head chaplain of Harvard. His name is Greg Epstein. And uh, I want to put this out, that the motto for Harvard is truth for Christ and the church. That's their model. Truth for Christ and the church. And they point an atheist as the head chaplain for the students and uh, uh, I guess the teachers as well. So. I think you could probably find a cause and effect link between those two things. That's the reason that Harvard had to appoint this guy was because they have this language in there. Well, well, to, it's also interesting. It's an admission that atheism is a religion too. Uh, I mean, uh, personally, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, but uh, yeah, that's that's what that says to me. You have to have a lot of faith. Yeah, yeah. This guy is. You a have to believe a lot of things. He They're was weird. a long-standing employee of Harvard, right? Oh yeah, he's been there for quite some time. Right. And where yeah. was he at before? Some sort of uh, I forget what it was. Well, he's he's in an ordained. Atheist. I didn't even know that there was such a thing. <laughs> Who was as he an ordained, ordained by? Like <laughs> ordained by no one, right? Yeah. To be an atheist. Yeah. And, and they want religion out of the schools, especially Christianity out of the schools for separation of church and state. But the atheist humanistic religion, secularism, is taught at every public school. And I'm just warning, David, you know, I'm sure this lawsuit wouldn't go anywhere because judges don't think rationally either anymore. But, uh, you know, how, how is humanism, secularism being taught in the public schools if Harvard University has recognized it now as a religion and appointed a head chaplain over the religion at that school? Well, it's an interesting argument, but don't forget, Harvard is not the government. It's the private university. So... It can teach all the religion it wants to, uh, even, you know, if it wants to teach Wiccanism, it can do it. So uh, I, what harder Harvard does doesn't have any effect on the public schools. But it would be an interesting argument to say, hey, you know, Harvard's recognized as a religion, so it must be one. Right. You know, you've got all these Harvard graduates up in Capitol Hill right now, right? And now their Alamata has declared atheism to be a religion. Uh, so I, you know, I, to me, it makes sense. So I was trying to think of, you know, what would we compare this to? And that would be like putting uh, Greta Thun, uh, Thunberg as head of the national 
Mining Association. Oh, yeah. That's a How about that one? Yeah. Or Alec Baldwin as the head of the NRA. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You know, it makes, or the Red <laughs> Cross. <laughs> or the Salvation Army. Yeah. Makes just as much sense, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, that's a crazy headline to me. I, it really uh, had me scratching my head and actually got me upset because I just get so tired of all these secularists out there that are preaching separation of church and state all the time, everywhere they can get, and every facet of our lives, we have to separate ourselves, um, you know, even to the point uh, when it becomes even your private property, they want to be able to say, you cannot do that here in this area uh, because of separation church and state. But on the other hand, they can then say, well, atheism is a religion. We're probably going to claim it as a religion. And that can be taught in the schools and everybody can display atheism wherever they want to be. And it's like... I think in their great crusade against religion, after all of that, we're discovering that they just want it to be a religion themselves. All right, the next headline out of our Santa bag. Bugs are racist too. That's bugs. <laughs> you heard it right. Bugs are racist too. Scientists want the name of bugs changed because so many of them have racist names. And not only that, they're asking the public for help to look at the bug names and fill out a form on their website if you think this bug has a particular racist name, and they're gonna take a look at it. So a couple ones that they cite are the gypsy, moth, gypsy moths and the gypsy ants. And then uh, there's 78 other racist bugs that they have found, and most of those, if you was to look at them, are words that have like 20 letters in them that I couldn't pronounce if I wanted to pronounce, and how they ever identified those words as being racist, only they can explain it, I can't. But, you know, if you are gonna get rid of derogatory names, some are deserving though, right? Because uh, a stink bug, I mean, they deserve that name, right? They do. I mean, it's not derogatory. It's more descriptive than anything else. They earned it. <laughs> I don't know. Can y'all think homeless. of The homeless. Can y'all think of any bugs, bug names that offend you? Um, uh, the racist white guy beetle. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like grasshopper, right? Because, you know, here is this insect that you minimalize to only being in the grass. Right, but grasshoppers hop everywhere, don't they? I mean, that's insulting to them. I mean, they'll hop on your shoulder. I've had them hop in my pool. That's true. And I think, you know, to call them a grasshopper is kind of demeaning and insulting to them. Yeah, you got me thinking now. It, yeah. it limits their ability. What about the praying mantis? You know, that's, oh. that's insulting to religious people. Oh, yeah. Then well, yeah. yeah, or maybe it's promoting religion. Man. I don't know which one is worse. I don't know. A praying mantis freaked me out. You know, when you see them, they just stand, uh, sit there and they stare at you. Hey, you, <laughs> you know, know a, uh, they don't move. They just look at you like, come on, bud. Come on. Because they're, they're deep in thought yeah. in their prayer. <laughs> well, you see what they could do with those little praying things that they got, man? They snatch, they snatch bugs up quick with that. But no, another, another good one, a stick bug. Because a oh, yeah, stick, stick bug... bug yeah, it looks just like a stick, and that's got to be derogatory. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't call stick. people what they look like. You know? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that sort of goes along with the line of the grasshopper, right? Right. Or the stink bug. Yeah. You know, they're actually named after what they do or what they look like. 
There's a common uh, sulfur nice. butterfly. I mean, it's not common. Don't call me common. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's reach into our grab bag. All right, here's what we got next. All right, I'm sure everybody in America has heard this story. A truck driver spends less than $200 to defeat the New Jersey Senate president, Steve Sweeney. That was sweet. Just great story. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So I tried to find out, you know, what was the polling ahead of this, you know, very unexpected defeat by this truck driver. And no one took any polls. And uh, so I looked up Election Daily, which reported that so many New Jersey races were overwhelmingly in favor of a particular candidate that they decided that they just wouldn't take polls on most of the races out there, including this particular race. Uh, and furthermore, Election Daily says, we have no doubt that Sweeney will have another easy Re-election, that was their expectation of that race that ended yeah. up in the hands of a truck driver who spent $250. Yeah, that was definitely a feel-good story. I remember hearing about that and thinking, oh, man, that is just justice right there. So if you didn't know it, Sweeney was the longest-serving Senate president in New Jersey. So, you know, he had the backing, right? He had the name. He had the power. Evidently, he had the money. In 2011, Sweeney spent... Uh, Sweeney and Fran Grenier together spent $24.1 million in that particular election. Was that, that wasn't for this election? No, that was in 2011. Okay. okay. So the guy obviously has the money, right. right? And the poor truck driver, his name is Edward Durr. How much did he spend? He had 200, he, well, various counts. Right? Some say he spent like $150. Some say he spent $200, maybe a little bit more. And he spent it at Dunkin' Donuts or something? Right. Yeah. He, he took his, <laughs> his uh, staff out for and lunch or something. he beat the highest ranking, most powerful Democrat in New Jersey. Can you imagine being that senator and just I, oh, waking man. up and... Yeah, going I mean, to his next cocktail party? <laughs> well, and look what this off-year election has said, and that to, uh, to the entire Democratic Party. They've got a, another election coming up next year. I think they're very, very nervous when things like that can happen. Yeah, I think they fell asleep at the switch in this one, just like conservatives fell asleep at the switch and let leftists take over school boards and town councils and everything. Um, they now this this was their turn to get overconfident and not pay attention. Yeah, and, and definitely, yeah, and like Michael said, definitely a, a feel good story for the common man, and just like last week. Yep. We had Mary Catherine here talking about the school board, and, and that was a huge win for just the, the little guy. So it's a feel-good story. Yeah. Well, we need more feel-good stories out there, that's for sure. Okay, another headline out of that Santa hat. Superman comes out as bisexual. All right, so more precisely, it's Superman's son, John Kent, that comes out as bisexual after he falls in love with a Jay, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name, Nakamura. I hope so. It's another male reporter. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm just kind of curious if these people who draw these animated characters realize that they're not really real. <laughs> you know, they, they, you, you can't pencil in a sexual urge into an animated character. But if you could... Maybe they should have penciled in some common sense into their brains, right? Well, I don't know. Lois Lane was pretty cute, but uh, uh, I, it, it, 
I think the article said that this is a prediction by somebody and it's not really official yet. I hope it doesn't happen. No, it's official. I'd have to keep comic book uh, comic books away from my grandchildren. Yeah, didn't happened. didn't somebody uh, quit over top of those? Yeah, it's official. Yeah, I think one of the like animators or one one of the comic book people quit over it. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, I, I heard of that. I wonder if Clark Kent approves of his son's decision here. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, you, when you have fake people putting emotions into animation, I'm sure he'll accept it 100 percent, right? Because you know, so many of these Marvel characters are coming out either bisexual or transsexual or homosexual or it's whatever. It's getting ridiculous with it, the comics. Yeah. It, it just really is. How are they going to reproduce? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's super. how superheroes get wiped out. <laughs> yeah. And that was the end of the superheroes. <laughs> there's, yeah, st- was- there's still adoption. <laughs> yeah. uh, I always, you know, was thinking <laughs> that it should be... At least I think it's a little bit embarrassing that they that the stories always has to be tacked on to something that's already been established. Like, why can't they? Yes. Why, why isn't it like a brand new creation of their own that uh, can you know, entice people into watching it, and then they can make them however they want to? Why does it always have to be something that's I already just, established? I just know why I, an animated character has to express whatever sexuality they have, right? I mean, why is that important? Well, there was kind of a thing going on with Clark Kent and Lois Lane, you know, and that sort of spiced it up a little bit. So that's okay. Well, at least now we know that, uh, I guess, a being from a different planet can actually have sex and a child with a human, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looked like a dude, but he he really wasn't a dude. (laughs) I think you're right. I think Michael's, Michael's absolutely right, though. And that's all this is. It's just an attempt to take an icon, an American icon, and twist it around and just pervert it somehow. Yeah, they want to invade every space that they can. Yeah, except there's not a, everything enough real dear. people coming out as gay or lesbian. You have to have animated characters coming out as gay and lesbian. Right. Even uh, things that don't make any sense at all, like Spongebob. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, what the heck about that? How does a sponge have a sex drive? I remember after the Lord of the Rings came out, they were trying to, to establish that Gandalf the Grey was really Gandalf the Gay. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing yeah. that. Yeah. And then Harry Potter, they did the same thing. Oh, Dumbledore, is, he's really gay. Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. just, it's no, just... no. Uh, I think in the newer, in the newer um, movies, they actually did have him. Uh, he was at least flirting with another dude. Dumbledore? Yeah, Dumbledore okay. as a younger man. He okay, was I like, missed all the later ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Kids were... All right, I think this next headline out of the Santa bag is all puffery and meant to uh, uh, get their product name out there because even though Kraft is a big name, I've never heard of Kraft Peanut Butter. But anyway, Kraft Peanut Butter launches a book <laughs> called His, Hers, Them, and Theirs for children to read. And of course, everybody knows it has something to do with pronouns and what to call your fellow uh, childhood friend as you're growing up uh, if they are transsexual. So, you know, when I think of peanut butter, I think of jelly, I think of crackers, I think of celery, (laughs) Um, but I I really don't think of pronouns. I think about minding your own business. (laughs) So I've come to conclude that 
This is just an attempt to upstage Peter Pan peanut butter. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good points. Yeah. Then Peter Pan peanut butter is going to upstage Kraft by calling, changing their name to Peter Transsexual. <laughs> peanut butter. Well, Peter, Peter Pan, pansexual. Peter Pan does have the skinny Peter jeans already. Yeah. <laughs> he does have the skinny jeans. <laughs> and the twinkle toes. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Looks like uh, I'm getting a signal that we're running out of time. So let's just grab the bag and pull out one more. It's too bad we can't get through all 21 of these. Uh, they're a lot of fun to read. I've got even more in my head. So, All right. This one is uh, just way too much. Hasbro says three-month-old babies can show signs of racism. Mm. Three-month-old babies can show signs of racism. Now, I don't know any three-month-old baby that can talk to start <laughs> with, right? But anyway, the instructor for Hasbro says this. Uh, by age three months, a child is already starting to apply stereotypes. And research shows that they use racist language intentionally at this age. White children at this age may report explicit or overt negative attitudes toward people of color. So, three months old. Baby. So is this kind of like the uh, dog that barks at every black person that walks by? or? Well, I would say if anybody's ever listened to a three-month-old baby, that anything coming out of their mouth at that age sounds like a slur. Yeah, it's definitely right. It sounds insulting. <laughs> this was a diversity trainer that Hasbro hired, so they're responsible for the, what the diversity trainer says. But this is CRT run amok. This, it makes no sense, and it just shows you how twisted the whole CRT movement and people and idea is it's just twisted but guys look three months is pretty late in the game when you compare it to other areas right if you look at the book white fragility mm -hmm. the author robin d'angelo is going to tell you if you're born white from the <laughs> moment you're born you're racist so three months we got to give them credit well yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they did pushed they push that timeline down didn't they yeah all right and hands off to our hats off to Hasbro for yeah. moving on. Well, heads off the, the mannequins and the toys, yeah. right? For Hasbro. Well, this has been fun. I appreciate everybody coming and uh, uh, examining last year's most craziest headlines that I could find. I'm sure other people have seen even more bizarre headlines out there this past year. And I wish we could have gotten to, I don't know, I guess we got probably about uh, almost 10 more headlines in the bag here. I have a feeling that next year's headlines are going to be even crazier than these. Yeah, if we can stomach it, right? So, uh, but I, I agree. Uh, anyway, I appreciate everybody here, and I wish everybody uh, a happy new year at this point, uh, since this will be uh, released on the Monday before New Year's. And I want to thank all of our listeners. We've been growing pretty good. And I hope that the listeners and people that are watching this take the time to share shout out patriots with their friends and uh, you know, either do it verbally or do it through social media, but uh, we're growing and probably isn't because of my wonderful personality and speaking, but nevertheless, we're moving up in the ranks. And uh, so thank you all. And let's hope that we have a very good next year and people continue to follow us and stay tuned and watch what we have to say. So thanks again, and we will see you in a week.